Welcome to this week's Rashi Shir, brought to you from the Bet Midrash of Mizrahi in Melbourne, Australia. But this week we do not come from the Mizrahi Bet Midrash, because it is closed like most of the world. So I'm sitting in my home, talking to myself and to this dictating machine, and I hope that the Shir will be of interest, even though it will miss the cut and thrust of a small group of people learning together. I'll try my best to recreate that experience all by myself. Uh, let's see how we go. So we last week finished the end of Parshat Noach, and we started this week now with Parshat Lech Lecha, the beginning of the story of the Jewish people. As I said last week, up till now the Torah has been setting the scene for its main event. And what we learned about the creation of the world and the flood and Migdal Babel are leading up to this point, where one person is selected to create one nation, and the rest of the Tanakh is the story of that one nation. And it starts in Bereshit Peruk Yud Bet, Pasuk Aleph, Vayoma Hashem El Avram. Hashem said to Avram, Lech Lecha, go for yourself, Me'artzacha, Umimoladtacha. From your land, from your birthplace, umi beit avicha, and from the house of your father, el haaretz asher areka, to the land which I will show you. So there's a lot of Rashi on this pasuk. We'll see how far we get. I don't know if we'll even do the whole pasuk tonight. I'm sorry, I'm also referring to the next pasuk, um, which is also part of the story. Uh, we'll probably do one and two tonight, and it might be a shorter podcast than it is normally a shear for reasons explained earlier. Anyway, Rashi says on the words lech lecha, lahanotcha uletovatcha, for your benefit and for your good. So, what is Rashi? Why why does Rashi lead uh, to this conclusion that lech lecha means lahanotcha uletovatcha? for your benefit and for your good? Well, one obvious answer is because it says lecha. It says go for yourself rather than just lech. What does the lecha add? So the lecha adds that it must be something for your benefit. Now, it is the case that elsewhere in the Chumash, the lecha doesn't mean for your benefit. It means for you. You shall uh, you shall take for yourselves, for instance, referring to the mitzvah of Arba Minim. But perhaps we can say that where we can darshan, where we can expound on a word, when it is totally superfluous, or apparently so, that's when Rashi darshans. And in this case, when it says lecha, for yourself, it means for your benefit and for your good. There is an opinion that Rashi is expounding on the word lech, because normally we would have, when it says, go from your land, it would be leave your land. Go implies go towards a place, but me'artzacha, from your land, should have been preceded by say, leave, make an exodus from your land. And a clear example of that is in the first pasuk of the pasuk of the sedra of Vayetze, which says, Vayetze Yaakov mi Sheva, Vayelech Harana. The word tse is used about Yaakov leaving Beersheba, and the word lech is used about him going towards Haran. This pasuk, Yud Bet Aleph, is all about leaving. It's not about going uh, until, the, um, uh, until the end of the pasuk. 
but the beginning is about leaving. So maybe you would have expected say, but rather says Rashi, the lech is telling you that there's a benefit in you going. You're not just leaving, but you're going to something. What are you going to? You're going to your benefit and you're going to your good. So that's Rashi on either the lech or the lecha of lech lecha. But then Rashi explains what is the benefit and what is the good. Says Rashi, sham, there, I will make you into a great nation. Here, you are not able to have children. So Rashi is saying that one of the things that will happen, sham, there, and there's a reason why I stress Rashi says sham, is that you will have children which you can't have here. And then he says, and furthermore, I will make known your nature or your name in the world. So Rashi there says two things explaining his for your benefit and for your good. Number one, you'll be able to have children because here you can't. Sham, there, I will make you a great nation. And the other thing is, I will make your nature or your name known in the world. Now, I want to come back to the two things that Rashi says after we've seen what Rashi says on the next verse. So, Pasuk Bet says, And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. So there are a number of things that Hashem promises there. Let's break them down. First of all, I'll make you a great nation. Secondly, I will bless you. Third of all, I will make your name great. And then, slightly separate, you will be a blessing. Says Rashi. Because a journey causes three things. It reduces the opportunity for having children. And it reduces money. And it reduces one's renown. By going on a journey, you have less time for engaging in having children. The journey itself costs money. And when you go from place to place, nobody knows who you are, so you're not renowned. Says Rashi, Therefore, you, uh, it was necessary to give him these three blessings, which were, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And now we can see that they are the reverse of the three things that Rashi says happens on a journey. You don't have children, you lose money, and your name is not great. So Hashem says he will rectify those. Uh, we can do the next one where it says, I will bless you with money. And Rashi says this comes from Bereshit Rabbah. And it is a general principle of Rashi that a bracha in its simple form is a, an increase in wealth. For instance, when Rashi explains what is meant by the Birchat Kohanim, the what we call Duchening, which starts with Yerechacha Hashem V'Yishmerecha, Rashi says there it refers to having possessions. So although it sounds a little bit uh, materialistic, well, the world is a little bit materialistic and we do need possessions and we do need money to function. And says Rashi, that is what's meant by a bracha. So that's why he says here, So he says that 
Um, and that tells us that the three things promised in Pasuk Bet match up to the three things that Rashi says a journey loses. Now, what I want to talk about is the relationship between Rashi on Pasuk Bet and Rashi on Pasuk Aleph. Because Pasuk Aleph didn't specify that there would be a particular reward, a particular benefit in fulfilling the command of Lech Lecha. But according to Rashi, Lech Lecha means Lahanotcha Ulutavotcha, something good will come of it. So Rashi has to explain in Pasuk Aleph what are the things that will come out of it that are good, that are good for Abraham if he fulfills this command. And as I said earlier, he mentions two things, having being a great nation and having his uh, name known in the world. Then in Pasuk Bet, it seems that they're the same two things, but a third one as well. And I think the way to reconcile what's going on between Aleph and Bet is as follows. That in Aleph, Rashi is talking about the reward that will come to Abraham if he goes to Eretz Yisrael. And that's why I suggest that Rashi is precise and he says on Pasuk Aleph, Shom, referring to there, once you get to Eretz Yisrael, I will make you a great nation. Pasuk Bet is talking about the promises that will come to Abraham that he won't suffer by making the journey. And Rashi says at the beginning of Bet, The journey causes the loss of three things. So in Aleph, here's a list of two things, and in Bet, there's a list of three things, which overlap in two out of those three things. But there's a third one, i.e. money, which does not. So it's, I would suggest that in the case of the two things which are repeated between, Aleph and, between Rashi on Aleph and Rashi on Bet, namely the great nation and the fame, they fit into the two categories. Number one, in Pasuk Aleph, Rashi mentions them because they will occur when he gets to Eretz Yisrael. Number two, Rashi mentions them as something that he needs to promise Abraham, Hashem needs to promise Abraham that he won't lose out on the journey. In other words, as Rashi makes clear in Pasuk Bet, these are not blessings that he will acquire extra stuff. Uh, in Pasuk Bet, it doesn't mean he'll have extra children, extra money, extra renown. It just means that the journey won't lose him money and children and renown. That's Hashem's promise, that the journey itself will not cause that disadvantage. And that's why, as Rashi says, that's why he needed those three brachot, so they would rectify the challenge, the difficulties, the lack that is caused by a journey. But in the case of the two in Pasuk Aleph, they're referring to the things that will happen to him in Eretz Yisrael. And what's the one that's in Pasuk Bet, but is not in Pasuk Aleph? That is mamon, that is money. So according to this analysis, the uh, Rashi is saying that money will be rectified on the journey. In other words, there won't be a net cost of making the journey, but that's not something that is particularly appropriate for acquiring in Eretz Yisrael. Other, unlike the two things mentioned in Pasuk Aleph, the children, sorry, the great nation and the renown that are unique to Eretz Yisrael. Now, continuing Rashi, the next part of Rashi, which I'm going to quote, is in most books in brackets and it's ascribed to a Rashi Yashan, an old version of Rashi, which means it's not necessarily Rashi's own words, and it might have been something added in by a subsequent scribe. But since it appears to be in most Sepharim, we will read it. So on the words, sorry, this is what it's meant by 
I will make your name great. So up till now, Rashi's understood that as I will make you renowned. But here, Rashi brings another explanation. And it says on the word, I will add an extra letter to your name. Because up till now, your name is Avram. Mikan ve'elach Avraham. But from here onwards, it is Avraham. Avraham Avraham in Gematria makes 248. Which corresponds to the limbs or the organs of a person. Now, this matches very much what Hashem said to, or Rashi says in Perak Yud Zion, Pasuk Hey. At the end of the Sedra of Lech Lecha, Hashem says to Abraham, uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking it up. Perak Yud Zion, Pasuk. I'm sorry, I'm looking in the wrong place. Yudzayin Aleph, that's right, Yudzayin Aleph, where Hashem says to Abraham, um, Walk before me and be tamim, be perfect. Um, and that's the time that uh, Hashem gives Abraham the extra letter, and he says, Rashi says there in Yudzayin Aleph, Achshav atachaser chamisha ivarim. Now you are lacking in five limbs. In other words, five parts of your body, your two eyes and your two ears and your reproductive organ will not be tamim at the moment. They're not under the control of Hashem. But when you become perfect, they will be. You will be totally subjugated to the will of Hashem. And therefore, because of those five organs are now added to the other 243, a hey will be added to your, letter, to your name, making the gematria of your name 248 which by perhaps no coincidence is also the number of positive mitzvot. See the Maharal for the connection there, but that's not our uh, purpose right now. So Rashi here, in this version, which might not be originally Rashi, says that's also the meaning of Agadla Shemecha. I will literally make your name great. So here we're taking the word name, or shame in Hebrew, not to mean renown, as it often does, but to mean actually your name. Therefore, I will take your name, which currently is not great, and I will make your name into something that is great. Okay, let's move on, and let's get back to what everyone agrees is Rashi. And on the words, And you will be a bracha. Says Rashi there, The blessings are put into your hand. What does that mean, the blessings are put into your hand? Rashi continues, Ad achshav hayu Until now, the blessings were in my hand, says Hashem. Berachti et Adam ve'et Noach. I blessed Adam and I blessed Noach. And we know that uh, when Hashem created Adam, he blessed him. And we know that when, Adam, when Noach came out of the Teva, Hashem blessed him. Ve'otach, and Hashem has also blessed Abraham. That's a little bit harder because we don't have an explicit pasuk where it says Hashem blessed Abraham, at least not uh, till later on, but maybe it is this very passage where Hashem says, I will bless you. 
So Hashem has blessed, um, as Arashi says here, Adam and Noah and Abraham. Me'ata, continues Rashi, but from now on, ata tavarech et asher techbots. You will bless whomever you wish. In other words, the power of blessing is handed over to Abraham. Now, why does Rashi say this when he says, Why doesn't it just mean he will be blessed? Well, the answer to that is that Hashem has already said, I will bless you in the same verse, four words, five words before. So if Hashem has already said, I will bless you, the Hayei Bracha cannot mean more blessing. It must mean something else. It must mean not just a blessing, but rather the power of blessing. It's worth noting that um, elsewhere, um, Rashi refers to people doing the blessing as Bracha. And the example uh, is Devarim Perigud Aleph Pasuk Kaftet, where we talk about the tribe splitting up onto, referring to the two mountains, Har Evel and Har Gerizim. And half the tribes uh, read out the blessings and half the tribe read out the curses. And the verse in question, Venatata et Habracha al Har I will put the blessing on Har Gerizim. And Rashi says there, et Hamavarachim. That refers to those who are doing the blessing. So we see the word bracha doesn't always mean blessing, but means those who are doing the blessing. So here, the heye bracha means I am giving to you the power of doing the blessing. Then Rashi says, another explanation. And now we go into quite an obscure, almost enigmatic midrash, which does seem to cry out for further explanation. And I'll try my best to give at least one idea as to what it's all about. So Rashi says, we take the, the four things in this Pasuk. The Esachalagoigadol, the Agalag Shemecha, sorry, the first one was Esachalagoigadol, the Avarachecha, the Agadla Shemecha, that's three. The Hayebracha is the fourth, but as I sort of keep implying, it, it's of a different nature to the first three. So Rashi quotes a Midrash that says like this another explanation, the Esachalagoigadol, I will make you a great nation. This is refers to when they say the God of Abraham. Now, what's to my mind rather odd about this, this uh, Midrash is it's quite anachronistic because it now refers to the words of the Shemana Esrei. It refers to the beginning bracha of the Shemana Esrei, which was established by the Ansei Knesset Hagadola. But this Midrash implies that it was really the opening words, Elokeinu, Velokei Avateinu, Elokei Abraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Velokei Yaakov, were already fixed in, 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 in some sort of cosmic world by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even at this very beginning of Jewish history. And when Hashem said, that refers to the way Jews in the future are going to open their Shemona Esrei by referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as Elokei Abraham. And on the next part of the blessing to Abraham, I will bless you, says Rashi, continuing this Midrash, This refers to the fact that people say in the Shemona Esrei that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the God of Yitzchak. I will make your name great. So the third blessing refers to the third Description that we give of HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the beginning of Shemona Esrei, we say that he is the Elokei Yaakov. So the opening first bracha, the bracha that we call Avot, 
because it refers to the Avot, the patriarchs, explicitly refers to Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. And then it goes on to Hakel, Agadol, Hagibor, etc. And then it ends. There is a what's called a Chatima, a conclusion of the Bracha. And the Midrash continues, as quoted by Rashi, Yocho, you might have thought, Yihiyu Chotmim Bekulan, that you, uh, they, sorry, will conclude the Bracha with all of them. It will again sum up. Now, a chatima of a bracha must always refer back to the subject of the bracha. So there's a logical reason for assuming that if the subject of the bracha has been about how the fact that Hashem is Elokei Abraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov, then the conclusion, the chatima, the Baruch Hashem bit at the end, will also relate to Elokei Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. However, it doesn't. Says the Midrash again, You might have thought that the people will conclude this bracha by referring to all of the patriarchs. Talmud lomar, bracha. But rather the Torah says to Avraham, You shall be a bracha. Bacha, says Rashi, with you, chotmim. They will conclude the bracha, velo bahem, and not with the rest of them. And as we say, at the end of the first bracha, even though the bracha is called Avot and it refers to all the patriarchs, the conclusion is, Baruch HaTashem, Magain Avraham, the shield of Avraham. And that, says Rashi in this Midrash, is what is taught by the Hayyeh Bracha. You, singular, will be the blessing, you will be the conclusion of the blessing. So what is this all about? Well, there's lots of answers to that question, but I just want to share briefly the idea of the Maharal, who says the first bracha, the first part of the bracha, I will make you a great nation. Well, it all starts from Avraham. Avraham is told that he is going to be the father of the great nation. And that, as we know of all the brachot that are given to Avraham, the top two must be getting the land of Israel for his descendants and having those descendants. So Avraham is the start of the Goy Gadol, of the great nation. By the time Avraham has a son, there is an extension of this great nation. When it passes from the first generation to the second, there is an extension, there is a ribui, there is a multiplication. And the word bracha is very appropriate. Sorry, v'avarechacha, I will bless you. V'avarechacha is because I will give you a bracha. Now, I said earlier that Rashi always holds that a bracha refers to money. But perhaps more generally, a bracha refers to an extension, to having more. In fact, one can be a little bit more precise, but there's something significant about the way we spell the word bracha. The root is barach, bet, resh, chaf. And I think it's the Vilna Gaon who points out that bet is, the gematria of bet is two, the gematria of resh is 200, the gematria of chaf is 20, or to put it another way, each one of those numbers has the gematria which is twice as much as the gematria of the previous letter, which would be aleph and kuf and yud, so bracha is the, is the word itself that represents extension, which represents doubling, which represents what you have originally going to become more. That is what happens when the first generation of the Goy Gadol gives birth to the second generation. That is what happens when Yitzchak is born and Yitzchak becomes the next of the Avot, of the patriarchs. And that is why, therefore, says the Maharal, Va'avarechacha, it refers to Elokei Yitzchak. Now, when you get to Elokei Yaakov, 
<coughs> now we have a nation which is not just two generations old, but is three generations old. And that is, we've moved from becoming just a family into becoming a nation itself. That, by the time you get to a third generation, the Agadla Shemecha, your name has become great, you have renown, you have fame, you have a generation. Now, the Ma'ara doesn't say this, at least as far as I could see in my um, quick glance, but it... Uh, it tells us something, I think, about the transition from family into nation. It must be at least three generations, father, son, grandson. And when you have three generations, you have a chutam shalash, you have a, a threefold uh, a twine, a rope, which cannot be easily rent asunder. When you just have an individual family, that family, well, let me go back a stage. When you have an individual person, that person is atomized, he's discreet, he, no way is that part of a great nation. When he has a child, you're not really onto the nation stage, you're onto the family stage. And that family can be separated from other families, and that family sometimes leads nowhere in terms of future generation. But when you have a third generation, then the Agad Shemecha, then you have achieved something which is famous throughout the world. Now, um, I did, again, I also didn't see this in the Ma'ara, but you could perhaps add that Yaakov, unlike Abraham and Yitzchak, merited to have all of his children stay as part of the Jewish family, stay on the derech, we might say today. Abraham, of course, had Yishmael, and then he had the Bnei Keturah. Yitzchak had Esau, and none of those carried on with the legacy of Abraham or of Yitzchak. But when you get to Yaakov, as Yaakov says many times, at least the way Rashi explains Yaakov's various challenges and travails, Yaakov was passionate about establishing a home where all of his children would follow in his derech. And he succeeded in doing that. That is why Yaakov is, is, is truly Yaakov of Inum. And that perhaps is also part of the idea of a Gadla Shemecha. When you come to Yaakov, then you have a great name and then the family has really taken root. So that's one way of explaining this Midrash that says that the first bracha, that relates to Abraham. And that's why we say Eloke Abraham. I will bless you. That relates to Yitzchak. And that's why we say Eloke Yitzchak. And I will make your name great. That refers to Yaakov. And that's when we say, Eloke Yaakov. But the Midrash concludes by saying that the words, refer back to a singular person to be blessed at the conclusion of the bracha. And that is Avraham alone. Because as the Maharal says, it's worth acknowledging at this point that he is the source. He is the source of everything that's happened subsequently that Yitzchak had his vital role to play in the development of the Jewish people. And by the time you got to Yaakov, he himself had that role to play. But also, as we've said, that the family had reached a new level of being part of a dynasty, part of a, a nation. But nevertheless, we must acknowledge, and the Torah acknowledges, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu acknowledges, that the starting point is Avraham Avinu. And that's why we say, and that's why, as the Midrash says, with you, they will conclude the bracha and not with them. Now, Rashi, now, for reasons that I have to confess I don't know, um, maybe that I need to do a bit more homework, refers back to a comment on Pasuk Aleph, or rather the words of Pasuk Aleph. Now Rashi expounds on the word me'artzacha, and then according to some versions, umimoladcha as well. Um, even though those words appeared in Pasuk Aleph, now at the end of Pasuk Bet, 
he is referring to them and expounding them. And Rashi asks a question on the Arzacha, which leads back to our understanding of the previous Peruk and a famous Machlokyet, a dispute between Rashi and the Ramban. So Rashi says, Vahalo kavar yatsa misham im aviv ubo at charan. It says from his birth, from his land, and if we include the word which is not in every version of Rashi, and from his birthplace. But however, where did, Moshe, where did Abraham get this instruction? Well, we know at the end of Perak Yud Aleph that Terach took Abraham and Lot and Sarai and they left Ur Kastim and they went to Haran. So Rashi concludes that Abraham was born in Ur Kastim. They stopped in Haran, which is sort of Mesopotamia, sort of modern-day Syria. And there, that's where Hashem appeared to Abraham and said, now leave your land and your birthplace. But the problem is, as Rashi points out, Abraham has already left his birthplace. But rather, Hashem said to him, thus, Hitrachek. Od Misham, distance yourself from there further, that say Mibet Avicha, and go from the house of your father. Now, go from the house of your father, that's straightforward, because Rashi, wherever Abraham was living with his father, that was the house of his father, whether it's where they started or where they stopped, whether Ur Kastim or Haran. However, um, the, the, uh, the, the main limb of the main teaching of, of Rashi here is that we can explain that Abraham is leaving his um, birthplace in the sense of distancing himself further from his birthplace. So by going from Urakastim, where he was born, to Haran, he's already left his birthplace, but by going from Haran to the next generation, which turns out to be Eretz Canaan, he's distanced himself further from his birthplace. And that also we understand that according to Rashi, the word Lech, doesn't just mean go from your land and from your birthplace, but it also means distance yourself further from your land and from your birthplace. It's worth pointing out that the great Mephorshim of the Roshonim, which are, together with Rashi, often classed as the Ibn Ezra and the Ramban, have two different ways of resolving this problem. The Ibn Ezra says that the command to Avraham of Lech Lecha Me'artzecha Umi came to Avraham while he was still in Ur-Kastim. And that will answer Rashi's question in a different way by saying that Avraham was told to leave his birthplace because he was there in his birthplace. Which, by the way, creates an interesting aspect of the story. It tells us that Avraham left Ur-Kastim to go to Canaan because Hashem told him to. And at the very same time, Terach left Ur-Kastim to go to Canaan. Apparently, either you can say because Hashem also told him or he, as it were, tuned in to the same wavelength as Abraham tuned and got part of the message, or just by amazing coincidence, and of course there isn't such a thing as a coincidence, certainly not in biblical history, Terach decided to make the same journey as Abraham did, even though Abraham got the divine call and not Terach. So that's the Ibn Ezra's answer to this question of how can Hashem tell Abraham to leave his birthplace? The Ramban's answer is ingenious and is different. And the Ramban gives a whole backstory to the youth of Abraham by saying he was born in Haran. 
this Pasuk tells us that. Then, at a later stage, he went to Urkastim, which is not his birthplace. Then he, with his father, left Urkastim and went back to Haran, where he was born. And there Hashem appears to him and says, leave your birthplace, because Haran happened to be his birthplace. Okay, um, I think we're going to stop there because I think that's enough for me to be talking to a machine all by myself. It's only half the length of the normal shear, but in Yitz Hashem, we will try the same technique next week if, as seems likely, we're still in the same situation. I just want to conclude by saying a few things. That, number one, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, uh, especially given the different circumstances, maybe it's reached a wider audience than normal. And it's time for me to encourage anyone who's heard this podcast and liked it to perhaps rate it and review it on your podcast platform. And that helps other people come across it and learn from it. And it's also appropriate to say at this stage that I hope that the entire Jewish world and indeed the entire world stays safe and gets over this terrible crisis in which we find ourselves at the moment. We know that we have to do all our hishtadlus, in other words, all that we possibly can to keep ourselves safe and follow all the rules that we've been given by our public health officers. We also know we have to daven to our Baruch Hu, and that is ultimately the source of all the Yeshua, all the salvation that the Jewish people get. So I hope that everyone finds a, a way to keep themselves safe, also is able to daven for extra protection, and that in this way we will get through this crisis. In the meantime, we will see you again, or perhaps you will listen to a get podcast again at about this time next week. Thank you very much.